Thank everybody for coming today and for staying. Turn please with me to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, and we'll read a pretty well-known verse. Romans chapter 5 and verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Turn please to Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 9. But we see Jesus, who is made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. Turn please to Acts chapter 26. Acts chapter 26, and we'll read it verse 28. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. And Paul said, I would to God that not only thou, but also all that hear me this day were both almost and altogether such as I am, except these bonds. And for a final reading, turn to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8 and verse 27. Acts 8 and 27. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, and a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of, her, of all her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him, and heard him read the prophet Isaiah, and said unto Understand us what thou readest? And he said, How can I, except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. And the place of the scripture which he read was this, He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so he openeth not his mouth. So openeth he not his mouth. In his humiliation and his judgment was taken away. Who shall declare his generation, for his life is taken from the earth? And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That's all the readings that we'll do today.
The title I have over my message, well, the idea for this message actually, I heard a, I was listening to a recording in my car of, of a preacher um, speaking about something and um, he made a statement that I'm sure I've heard before but I'd never really given it as much thought as I did when he said it this time was that this world has known only two kinds of men in the whole existence of the world. It's known men like Adam and a man like the Lord Jesus, not a man like, but a man, the Lord Jesus Christ. Those are the only two types of, of men that this world has known. Those like Adam are sinners, sin continually. We go back to the garden where we see Adam first sin, and as we read there in Romans 5 and 12, uh, wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. That's the one type of man that this world has known. And that's the type of man that is living today and has lived through the ages. There was one exception to this, and that was the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ, as I know most here all know, lived a perfect, spotless life. He didn't sin. He he never had a foolish thought. He never did anything whatsoever that would be construed as sin or that was sin. He was perfect. He did not sin. He could not sin. He was very different than that first man, that first Adam, because he was not a sinner. He lived a perfect life. But that one who lived that perfect life See, in Romans 5 we read there, and death by sin. That means that I believe that if Adam had not sinned, sinned, he would have lived forever. He would have never needed to die because sin brought about death. The Lord Jesus Christ, because he was not a sinner, theoretically could have and should have, by all rights, lived forever. But he chose to die. He chose to die that, and as we read in Hebrews chapter 2, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. So we have one man that brings us death by sin to all men. Then we have another man who, in his perfection, who died, tasted death for every man. So the contrast between these two men could not be greater. Death passed upon all men because of the things that the one man did. And so we are all facing death, whether it's, we all will face physical death unless the Lord comes again, and we all will face spiritual death unless we get saved. But the one man brought us death, the other man brings us life because he died when he didn't need to. The contrast is great. You have two types of men. They live two types of lives. Sinful, we're all sinners, we all live sinful lives. The Lord Jesus Christ, perfect, free from sin, never sinned. And when you think about it, they had two types of deaths. Because Adam sinned, lived, sinned, and died, and his body is still dead. He didn't rise from the dead. The Lord Jesus Christ lived, didn't sin, died willingly on the cross for every man, but then because he didn't sin and because he had such power, 
He rose again from the dead. Their ends are very different between these two types of men. Adam on the one hand representing us and all of humanity. Christ on the other hand representing, not representing, but being God and dying willingly for our sins. The contrast is great. Death passed upon all men, but he tasted death for all men. Got that? The two types of, of people. Adam, sinners. Christ, perfect. And through that one that was perfect, we have salvation. I don't think this is new news to anybody here. I think everybody realizes this. question is, is why do we continue... Why do you continue, I should say? I can't include myself in that because I'm now saved. But why do you continue to live only to the one man? Why do you neglect the second man, the Lord Jesus Christ? Why do you not look to Him for your salvation when we read He has tasted death for every man? He can provide, He has provided salvation for all. But for some reason... There are those that are here in this meeting today that have heard the gospel many, many times, that understand the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross, that understand the fact, probably, that you're sinners, that understand that you're much more like Adam, and you follow after Adam and after his sin than you do after the Lord Jesus Christ. Two very different kinds of men. But we read further there. We read about two other men. We read about King Agrippa, and then we read about the Ethiopian eunuch. And while we've talked about these two types of men, the two types of lives they lived, the two types of deaths, deaths that they died, I'd also like to talk about the two types of people that are presently in this world. There's two types of people that are presently in this meeting, as a matter of fact. See, even those of us that are saved, we're not like Christ. We're still sinners like Adam. In terms, we're not like Christ in the sense of we, we still sin. But there are two types of other groupings of people, and those are the lost and the saved. When I was trying to think of of a way to illustrate this and, and when I was closing the document that I had typed this uh, message on, the verses and stuff, a little message box popped up on my computer and said, would you like to save this document? And there was a yes and no button. And if I just pressed enter, there was a default choice which was yes, which would have gotten selected. If I actually did something and went over and clicked the no button or used my arrow to go over, that would have made a different choice. Well, the first man, Adam, the default is that we're sinners. And the default is, because we're sinners, we're, gonna, we're going to go to hell. That is the default choice. That is the thing that happens automatically if we do nothing. The default choice is that we're sinners and that we're going to hell. 
So the two types of people that we've read about here, with being Agrippa and Ethiopian eunuch, the two men that we've read about here, Agrippa was like all of us before, we're, before those of us that are saved, and he's like each of you that are saved, or that aren't saved. He's like every single person in this world that has not made the choice to be saved is going to hell. I, actually, Agrippa, I wouldn't say he's going to hell anymore. I think he's in hell now because he's certainly passed away from, passed on from this earth. But here in this, where we read here, he says to Paul, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. That means almost, Paul, if just a little more, I would almost agree that I want to be saved and that I want to, I want to be a Christian. Almost. Close. But I'm not willing to make that choice. I'm not willing to veer away from that default choice and make another choice for salvation. Almost. But he's not saved. As far as I know, we never read in the Scriptures where Agrippa did get saved. Never got saved. That means right now, as he died many, many years ago, almost 2,000 years ago. He didn't raise from the dead. He's in hell. Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. So I look out over the faces here today. I see people. I see boys primarily are the only ones that I know of that aren't saved here. And I see boys that have heard the gospel many, many times. You know, there's 52 Sundays in a year, most years. Many of you have heard it for not just one year, but numerous years, just counting the Sunday gospel meetings. Some of you have heard the gospel three to five hundred times, maybe more. That's not even counting the Sunday schools, not even counting the children's meetings that you've heard. This year, 2004, we're at the end of November. We've got a little over a month left. Not much time left in this year. You'll hear the gospel four or five more times this year. Are you like Agrippa saying, almost, thou persuadest me to be a Christian? I wonder what it's going to take to wake you up. I wonder what it's going to take to make you realize your need for salvation. You know, as I was thinking about this, and as I was thinking about, we use many illustrations. And the one I'm going to think about today is that if you're out in the ocean drowning, and I throw you a life preserver, it's not going to save you unless you take it. And it's the same thing with salvation. You can be, have the Lord Jesus Christ's death upon the cross. You can come to, to church here every Sunday and every other meeting that you can come to. You can have the rest of the people in your family saved. You can have saved parents. You can have people who are praying for you. You can have all these things. But if you don't take salvation for yourself, just like that drowning man in the ocean who's not going to be saved unless he takes the life preserver, 
If you don't take it for yourself, you're not going to be saved. You can know all about how salvation works. You can know all about how that you could be saved if you would believe in that second man, that perfect man. You can know all about it, but if you don't take it for yourself, just like in that ocean, I can look at that life preserver if I'm drowning and say, you know what, I believe that thing can save me. I really do. I, in fact, I'm positive of it. I've seen other people be saved by life preservers. They can save people. But if you don't take it, you're not going to be saved. But as I was thinking about that little illustration, I started to think, well, it makes no sense to me that, for instance, one that is drowning wouldn't take a life preserver if it's thrown to you. It's incomprehensible to me why one wouldn't do this. And so I thought of a couple reasons. One would be that you don't really think you're drowning. And so if there's if this life preserver is thrown to you and you don't realize your need for it, you're not going to take it. You're going to think, well, hey, I'm getting good exercise out here. I'm swimming. I'm doing all this other stuff out here. I'm having fun. I don't need this life preserver. Well, is that like some here in the meeting today? I, I mean, surely, as much as each one here has heard the gospel, surely you must know your need for salvation, Right? Surely you must know that you're a sinner. And surely you must know the fate that awaits sinners. Remember, the default choice is to remain a sinner. The default choice is to go to hell. You have to make a choice away from that path. You know, we sometimes talk about, you know, choose salvation. Uh, and that's true. There's not, you don't really choose not salvation, though, because you're already not saved. So, so it's not like you're choosing not to be saved. You're choosing not to accept salvation if it's offered to you. Friend, you're lost. You're a sinner, just like Adam. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing in and of yourselves that's going to ever merit salvation. You know, my wife works in a nursing home where there's some very elderly people there. Some people that have lost their minds at this point in their lives. Those people, many, many years, they've gone through life. Those people, do you think that maybe if they lived a really good life, that if they should pass away, that the Lord will have favor on them? What do you think? Do you think that maybe, just maybe, you can be good enough? Do you think that? Do you think that maybe, you know, I think I can do all these good things? Friend, you know you can't do that. I mean, I'm not talking to the people here who don't know the gospel. We're speaking to people who know the gospel well and who know that they're sinners. So, once again, I ask the question, the life preserver is thrown to you, you're in the ocean, you've got to realize that you're drowning. You know you're a sinner. You know you can't get to heaven without salvation. So why aren't you taking it? Well, as I thought of another potential reason, I thought, maybe you're having fun riding the waves out there. Maybe... You kind of realize you're drowning, but all these waves are taking you along and you know, you're not really falling under yet. 
Maybe that's why you're not taking it. And that I would classify as priority. Is that one of the reasons you're still like Agrippa, who is almost persuaded to be a Christian? Because it's not a high enough priority for you? As you're being carried along through life, think, you know what? I'm going to have a lot of times to be saved, a lot of opportunities. There's going to be time for me in the future. I know I need to be saved. And I, you know what? If I asked anyone here, if I asked you personally, do you need to be saved? I don't think there's anybody here that would tell me that they don't. I think everybody realizes they need to be saved. But the only thing I can come to in my mind, the reason why you're not, is because it's not a high enough priority for you. Friend, what is it going to take? What is it going to take to realize that almost being persuaded to be a Christian is not going to be enough for you? It's not enough for you. Fortunately, you still have an opportunity to veer away, to make another choice from that default that you're already headed down, that default path. But friend, what is it going to take to wake you up? We get up here every Sunday and speak the gospel. Some of us are not very good gospel speakers at all. In fact, probably all of us are not the greatest gospel speakers in the world. We know the messages aren't all that interesting usually. We know we struggle sometimes for words to make it interesting, all these other things. But the message is not about the speaker. It's not about us. It's not about anything. The message is about your need for salvation. So friend, why aren't you getting saved? Why aren't you getting saved? What is more important than this? The job, school, a new car, what is it? What is more important than your soul's eternal salvation? For Agrippa, he wanted some money paid to him. That's what he was thinking about. He desired that Paul would give him some money. Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Almost. Friend, if that's the way you pass into eternity. See, Agrippa was close. He was close to getting saved. And I can think of those of you sitting here in the meeting today, you're pretty close. Even if you may think, think that, well, you know, I'm not all that interested in what's being spoken. I wish it would just get over so we can get downstairs and get lunch and everything else. You're under the sound of the gospel. You know that you're a sinner and you know you need salvation. I don't know how much closer you can get. You're so close. Yet if you were to pass into eternity the way you are, you'll be in hell for eternity. So close, yet so far. Why, friend? Why are you like this one man, this Agrippa? Why do you continue in your sins like Adam? Why are you continuing toward that death, that death that is passed upon all men? And why have you not availed yourself of that grace of God that He should taste death for every man? The Lord Jesus Christ tasted death for every man. You don't have, you don't have to be suffering in eternity for your sins. You can be like the second man that we read about there. You can be like the Ethiopian eunuch, man of great authority, 
man who was reading the Bible and he came across a passage that he didn't understand. And so he asked a question of one who would understand. And friend, if, if there's anything that you have questions about with salvation, please ask somebody. You don't have to struggle and think about these things yourself. You can ask somebody. We're happy to talk to you about it. This Ethiopian eunuch talked to some... And by the way, even if we talk to you, we certainly can't save you. But perhaps we can point you to some verses and things that you can come to salvation yourself. But this Ethiopian eunuch is reading and he says, I don't understand it. And Philip offered to help him. And the Ethiopian eunuch listened to it. He listened to about how he was reading a prophetic reading or writing about the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, you know, who's, who is this about? And Philip explained to him that it was the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Ethiopian eunuch said, what doth hinder me to be baptized? I want to be baptized because I think he had come to the realization of who the Lord Jesus Christ was and that he wanted salvation. He wanted to turn from the path he was on. And so he said, we see here, what doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. The Ethiopian eunuch got salvation that day. He put aside his pride. He put aside his position. He put aside everything that was preventing him from getting salvation. He talked to Philip. Philip showed him some things from the Scriptures. And he was saved. He was saved that day for eternity. You can be just like him or you can be like Agrippa. Because remember, we said, there's two types of people in this world today. Lost and saved. You're one or the other. You're saved or you're lost. If you haven't made the choice to be saved, you're lost. The future that awaits you is more serious, more terrible than anybody here can bear. The future that awaits you if you're saved is more wonderful than any of us have any idea about. The Lord Jesus Christ tasted death for every man. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men. Are you going to continue on in your default condition, like Adam, as a sinner? Are you going to continue on as that kind of a man? Or are you going to believe on the man that died on the cross? You can be saved today. The life preserver is thrown to you. It's sitting there. All you have to do is grasp it. You can believe that that life preserver is going to save you all day long. And you can look at it there and say, you know what, that thing can save me from drowning. But friend, unless you take it, you're not going to be saved from drowning. And unless you take salvation, you're not going to be saved from the eternal punishment of your sin. Two types of men. Adam and the Lord Jesus Christ. Two lives. Sinful and no sins.
two deaths. Death and stayed dead. Death and rose again. And not only that, but he tasted, uh, tasted death for every man. He took the death of every man, took the eternal death upon himself. And there's two types of people in this meeting today. Saved and lost. If you're not saved, you're lost, friend. I don't know what we can say, what we can do, that will make you realize that this is the most important thing in your life. But friend, you better realize it. Because if you pass into eternity like Agrippa, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. You're going to think about when you're in eternal punishment. Think about, you know what? On November 28th, I sat there, 2004, I sat there and I listened to that message and I heard about those two men and I heard about Agrippa, how he was almost persuaded to be a Christian, how he was so close. You know, I was that close. Friend, you're going to realize with a terrible remorse that you missed it. The good news is this is not a sad thing. The gospel is the good news. And the good news is you still have an opportunity to be saved. The life preserver is thrown to you, friend. Take it. Grasp it for yourself. Put your trust in it. Believe it. That's it. You can make the choice away from that, the full choice of being lost. You can be one of the other type of people. You can be saved. So remember, two kinds of men. Are you going to continue to live like Adam? As a sinner and destined to hell? Or are you going to live like the Lord Jesus Christ? Or live to the Lord Jesus Christ? Realize that He died for your sins and you can be saved in the seat where you sit. In closing, we'll sing a hymn.